I'm Annie Swingen, Director for External Relations at the American Foreign Policy Council in Washington, D.C. On this episode of AFPC Insights, I'm joined by our Senior Vice President, Alon Berman, who's going to discuss the indictment of four Iranian individuals plotting to kidnap political activist Masi Alinejad. Elon, this certainly has the potential to impact the Biden administration's policy towards Iran. Can you please elaborate? Sure, I, I'd be happy to. And and I, I think you're exactly right. This is a, a, a very big deal because it has the potential to influence the Biden administration's policy towards Iran. And even if it doesn't, it has the potential to influence the way the American public and the way that lawmakers in Washington are really approaching whether or not the Biden administration's attempts at reconciliation with Iran are a good idea or a bad idea. So the backdrop of this, I think, is important. Masih Alinejad is an American citizen. Since 2014, she's been engaged in a very, very public uh, social media heavy campaign to bring attention to the deformities of the Iranian regime, focusing mostly, uh, although not exclusively, on things like the Iranian practice of compulsory hijab wearing, the requirement for an Islamic headscarf, things like uh, equality of women uh, within the Islamic Republic. And this has made her a lightning rod for criticism from the regime. And back in uh, 2019, the Iranian judiciary even issued a an edict uh, announcing publicly that there was a new, uh, quote unquote, hostile government with whom interaction was banned and punishable for up to a decade in prison. And it wasn't a government. It was actually Masi Alinejad herself. Wow. Who was was seen as so inflammatory that she essentially became uh, public enemy number one uh, for the Iranian regime. And so that's sort of the backdrop of this. And that's why this news is obviously stunning and, and unsettling, but it's not totally unexpected because her campaign has been gathering steam. She's regularly interfacing with hundreds of thousands of Iranians uh, on different social media platforms. And her activism is gaining more and more attention from the Iranian people, but obviously also from the Iranian regime. Back to the actual attempted kidnapping, what does it tell us about the regime and its priorities? And I know we sort of alluded to that a little bit earlier, but why is she seen as such a threat? So I, I think it's precisely that. It's, it's sort of what, what I outlined, the, the activism, the level of engagement that uh, Masi has been getting from the Iranian public. And you know, here, demographics, I think, plays a big part. Uh, I think most people don't know that Iran is a country of uh, 84 and a half, 85 million people, and two-thirds of the population is 36 or younger. So there's a tremendous cohort of younger wow. Iranians yeah. who are very media savvy, uh, this is not a hermit kingdom. This is a, a country that is the most wired nation in the Middle East uh, per capita, with the exception of, of Israel. And what you really have is you have uh, a population that's dynamic, that's westward looking, that's using social media. And so her level of engagement on social media, she's really sort of at, at the vanguard of all this in terms of the Iranian opposition, different Iranian opposition activists. And the regime is beginning to take notice. There's lots of different Iranian opposition groups and Iranian opposition actors that are out there. And, you know, there, there's a whole host of them and they, they say different things. But in terms of having resonance with the Iranian people, she's has one of the loudest soapboxes, uh, loudest megaphones, and, and the regime is beginning to take notice. What impact is this is, uh, incident likely to have on the Biden administration's attempts to reengage with Iran? Do you think that this will influence policy? Well, I, I think really this is the key question because the Biden administration made clear even before it was in office that the plan was to roll back the maximum pressure against Iran of the Trump era 
and uh, restart or attempt to re-enter the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran. And this is a policy that's been proceeding apace, and it's been coupled with uh, some very extensive diplomatic overtures from the Biden administration towards the Iranian regime, uh, including promises of the lifting of sanctions in a very substantial fashion, including a hesitance to talk about the regime's political deformities. Good example is the uh, election last month, selection last month of the Iranian president, the new Iranian president, Ibrahim Raisi. It was very much a stage managed process. It was also something that the Biden administration really didn't weigh in on because Raisi is going to be one of the main interlocutors for the Biden administration once he gets oh. inaugurated in early August. So to me, this this is really sort of uh, the pivotal question uh, because uh, the targeting of Masayalinejad, the evidence that the regime is willing to reach out from territorial Iran and try to silence opposition activists and dissidents really brings center stage the question of human rights within Iran, the question of the Iranian opposition and, and how much emphasis America should put on human rights. That's something that the Biden administration has not really focused on so far. It certainly should, in my opinion, but there uh, really is, I, I think, a reluctance to do so because the administration is heavily invested in the idea of re-engagement with Iran. And um, in, in general, where do the negotiations stand? And do you think um, internal political dynamics within Iran, are they going to influence sort of the outcome here? I, I think that's an interesting question. Um, the negotiations, I think, are moving both more quickly and more slowly than most people understand. More quickly because it's very clear that the Biden administration, contrary to promises that administration principals gave to Congress earlier this year, are in fact willing to roll back some of the sanctions, a significant portion of the sanctions actually, both nuclear-related and even non-nuclear-related sanctions that have been levied on Iran in the last decade as a sweetener, as a confidence-building measure for renewed diplomatic engagement with the Iranian regime. It's moving more slowly, though, because those sort of overtures, that sweetener, doesn't seem to have had the desired effect, at least not yet. The Iranian regime is really very much playing hardball. They're reluctant to engage with the Biden administration in a substantial fashion. And the, the end result of this is that you're seeing the United States become more and more eager, more and more desperate, if you can sort of use that word, to try to have some sort of meaningful diplomatic re-engagement. And the sweeteners are coming faster and faster. The political context in, within Iran also makes a difference. Uh, Iran, as I said, just had an election last month where uh, the regime favorite, the former judiciary head, Ibrahim Raisi, was selected in a process that was very transparently rigged. The regime has, uh, as one analyst uh, famously said, the regime has simply stopped pretending that it is pluralistic, that it really sort of takes into account popular will. Raisi was selected, and by the way, for very good reason, because the current supreme leader of Iran is aging, he's infirm, he's going to leave the political scene in a few years, and Raisi has been tapped by him to be the heir apparent, to, be, to rise to Iran's sort of most important position. And so the, the selection of Raisi to be president was, uh, is really being seen by many as the sort of the precursor for this further elevation in a couple of years' time. But what that actually does is it, it essentially clarifies the lines of control on the part of who's in charge in Iran, whether or not there's really a tug of war between hardliners and reformists. The answer is there really isn't. What you're seeing is in, an increasingly consolidated clerical regime in one context that's easier to negotiate with. 
you have a clearer sense of what the regime wants to do and, and what it's willing to negotiate, what it's willing to, to give up, what it's willing to, to barter over. On the other hand, it makes the job more difficult because uh, the, there doesn't seem to be a lot of urgency on the part of the Iranian regime really to re-engage with the Biden administration and come to terms on an extension or even a revival of the 2015 nuclear deal. So I, I think this is one to watch. Uh, I know certainly that there are folks in Congress who are looking at the Alinejad incident and uh, you know they have questions for the administration about the prudence of attempting to re-engage, attempting effectively to reward the Iranian right. regime, a regime that's willing to do things like this. I, I think those are good questions. I think like with most things, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And so sure. I, I very much hope that there's going to be a very fulsome debate here in Washington and on Capitol Hill yeah. about the state of Iran policy. Can I, I just have, I have one more question for you, just curiosity. Um, has Iran responded for Masi, like their response to this entire, this incident? Have they had any sort of formal acknowledgement? Well, not yet. Uh, not okay. yet. And, and frankly, nor would you expect them to, right? right? Because this is essentially an intel operation that was <laughs> let's say amateurish enough, amateurish enough to have been foiled. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but look, the trend line is, is I think very clear. The, the goal here is, or at least seemed to be on the part of the regime uh, to, was to take a fairly significant opposition player off the board. Right. Um, but because this plot was foiled, because it's getting so much attention now, it could actually end up having the opposite result. It could make Masi more of a political figure, a political standout in the Iranian political constellation. So the Iranian regime took this step as a fairly risky maneuver to try to eliminate a nagging tactical problem, and they may have made a strategic one. Interesting. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm curious to see how the administration responds to it. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Alon.